You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 8.18 on this Monday. Time for Counterpoint. Tonight, Jenny Byrne, former Deputy Chief of Staff to Stephen Harper and Vincent Gasparro, former advisor to Paul Martin and a hedge fund guy. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Here we go. Um, I'm going to start with you, Jenny. It is a government program. It's getting a lot of headlines yes. now, and it's supposed to make money available for summer jobs You know, with charities and church groups. But it's becoming a fight over charter rights. And apparently our prime minister, who is so par- proud of our charter, is getting very selective with who uh, whose charter rights matter. And uh, his government is doubling down. And there's already court challenge that is launched by one group. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a fight that he he is prepared to take? I mean, this... He seems to be, uh, uh, but you even have liberals. Scott Sims, a liberal MP from uh, uh, Newfoundland, came out uh, recently, just late this afternoon, saying that this program, uh, the wording is wrong, um, uh, and asking for it to be removed in terms of uh, whether a group uh, supports uh, abortion rights or not. Uh, this is a program that's supposed to be extremely nonpartisan. It's selected. They, there's an application process. So the fact that, you know, Justin Trudeau is is putting his own values test um, uh, on this, uh, I think, is uh, is very uh, is very wrong. Uh, but I think it was obviously very calculated from a from a guy who said he was going to, quote, do politics different and and take partisanship out. Uh, he obviously is is putting in a very big wedge um, uh, right now to uh, uh to the other parties. Yeah, that's how I look at it. I'm like, this is not, he, I don't even think he realizes the fight he's picked because I think I think to to Mr. Trudeau, this was a, a wedge issue. It's if, if, if Andrew Scheer takes one little bite at this, they've got an attack ad and it's the politics of division. But I, I think I see a much bigger problem here and that is Omar Cotter's charter rights protected. Anyone religious in this country, not so much. I think it's a it's it's a bit of a mistake, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to try to correct this. Um, but what I find interesting is how just how, stop at the butt, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> but uh, I find it interesting how how Jenny um, is being so critical of this government, considering when she was deputy chief of staff to Stephen Harper, Stephen Harper was well known for cutting funding to organizations that didn't play ball which, which with, with his government. Which, which ones? Well, and, activist and, and, groups. No, activist no, which groups. Abso- if, if you can just let me finish my point. There were environmental organizations. There activist were science-based. Groups. No. But no, which ones? The, 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 which, the, which ones? Vince, give us an actual name. Give, the, give us a, give us uh, a name on. of an organization that I supposedly cut the funding off for. Well, I don't know if it was you, Jenny, if when you were in the PMO who, who was cutting cutting this funding, but there were countless organizations, Which science one? based, just, just one, science give us, based, give us a just name wait. of one. I, I will get there. Science based organizations, <laughs> science based or, organizations what? that uh, well, I that, don't know, uh, Jenny. I think one was Tides, but weren't they like an activist group? It, I mean, it, they were not charity. They were, they were an like, activist. I group. named one for you. We we are talking about cutting off the funding for for charities like the Salvation Army. And other uh, Christian, uh, uh, Jewish, and Islamic organizations that do charity across the country, based on the fact that Justin Trudeau doesn't believe that reli- there, there's a freedom of religion in this country. So, 
you know, Vince, you can get on Google or something while I'm speaking and try to come up with one of these uh, uh, organizations that Stephen Harper cut the funding off for, but they don't actually exist. And in terms of the Canada Summer Jobs, it was a completely uh, uh, it was a completely uh, uh, non-political appointment. And to, 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 to quote, you know, Scott Sims, who was a longtime Justin Trudeau uh, supporter, this application, as it stands right now, is not right. This is coming from a liberal member of parliament. Okay, so so let's take the argument then that you make, uh, Vince, that sure. if if you thought Stephen Harper was ideological and you didn't like his Canadian values and those things, then why wouldn't people be then wagging a finger saying, hey, we didn't like it from that guy, we're not going to put up with it from you? Because this, I mean, if $10.5 million was paid out to Omar Connor in a secret deal, how many checks are we cutting for this group? I mean, we could be talking thousands of people who feel like their charter rights have been violated. So once again, mm-hmm. I, I think that the government will uh, correct some some of this. Uh, They'll it, reorder their thoughts? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I love coming on this show and being <laughs> beaten up on both sides. I got I to gotta tell you. But uh, listen, um, uh, the, 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 the fact is that uh, each government has to put sort of their own uh, public policy positions in place. Stephen Harper had values testing all throughout uh, his his government. But values uh, testing how? Well, it, <laughs> no, it's it, great to throw things out, but sure. you should you should actually have some facts to back up some of your statements. Well, well, for example, Stephen Harper cut back funding, for example, to the World Health Organization uh, to to not deal with. Um, uh, abortion and other I- issues where it w- it's a big, big problem. That, that's not true. It, that's not true. Y- y- yes, that's it not, is. No, well, it's not true. It, it's yeah, actually interesting because there were, there were there were there was millions uh, and millions that went to uh, uh, maternal health uh, uh, initiatives in Africa. He did a huge speech on that. Working with working with working with Bill Gates. Well, I, I'm glad I'm glad you said all that, Jenny. I'm really glad because I'm staring at a May 30th, 2014 article. Uh, uh, published by the CBC, so the, clearly they're wrong, and you're right. So may, oh. maybe I'll I'll talk to the CBC, and and, 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 and they can correct and they can correct this. Okay, but the point being, we have a prime minister who always talks about how we should cherish our our charter rights, even when they make us uncomfortable. And I think what is whether you whether you're a supporter or not, I think the argument now is is turning away from what they are you know, their progressive ways now into a charter issue, which is a much bigger fight to pick. Well, listen, I, I don't characterize uh, one with, with the other. How can you, uh, how? I mean, he's isolating a certain group and basically tell them, if you don't check this box and park your religious beliefs, you're not going to get money. So uh, it's it it doesn't look very good. Well, it, it doesn't look good, but I still don't, I still wouldn't characterize it the way you did the way uh, I would sort of look at it is once again every government and you can go back through time sort of puts their uh, stamp on uh, funding in in a certain political way. I, I don't. I shouldn't be a big shock. I actually do think the government will correct this, uh, but um, I uh, you know I like I said I, I think. Uh, uh, I think every government has done this. Every government has been criticized. I've already, I've already, <laughs> I already, I already yeah. highlighted one point from Stephen Harper's administration. Jenny is there sh- shaking her head. She doesn't. <laughs> again, you know, even though you may not like the facts, right? It doesn't well, make them wrong. Is, well, they're getting in a way in the way of your good story. So well, listen, I just, I just quoted an article, <laughs> and, and, and article. again, you just don't like it, but yeah, I get it.
Okay, let's talk about ISIS fighters, shall we? Uh, because this is actually uh, Anthony Fury, who will be on with us in a little bit, uh, has got some pretty explosive documents from CSIS, which is our intelligence uh, community. And they say the threat of returning ISIS fi- fighters is far more dangerous than we are being told. And we've got a prime minister who says that they can be reformed and are, are able to make good spokespeople. And now you've got our, our intelligence community saying, oh, like, this is... We have no pulse on how this is working. We don't know where they are, how many. I mean, agreed. This is uh, these are these are people that have gone and and participated and 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 done depraved acts against uh, women, uh, children. You look at the uh, Jordanian pilot that was uh, uh, burned alive for their own uh, citizens, Syrians that have that that have been he- beheaded, and. You know, this government, Justin Trudeau wants to bring them back, basically have like a big love in, sing Kumbaya and and think that these are going to be functioning, uh, productive members of society when when, you know, they have they have committed atrocities. Uh, I think it's completely rose colored. I think that it's no surprise what the CSIS uh, analysis uh, is saying and this this government should the, 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 this government should be ashamed of of what their position on this is. Well, I mean, even Ralph Goodale, I mean, he can't really explain it either. I mean, he has basically said we can't rehabilitate these people. I don't. I mean, at what point, Vincent, should we be getting a, a, some clarity on this and some actual transparency? Because really, it hasn't been challenged up until this point, and I think a lot of people are starting to wonder where are these people exactly and how well, many are there. Well, first of all, I, I think CSIS's uh, main point in the documents that Anthony. Fury commented on mm-hmm. basically confirms what we've seen with ISIS and uh, and terrorism. It's gone completely global. There is no country that has uh, or will be spared. Every all of uh, sort of the Western world needs to be vigilant against this form of threat. Having said that, in terms of what the uh, this government's position is on terrorism, we are fighting terrorism. Uh, in a whole host of ways, in a whole host of countries. Well, and, hold on. How how are they going to become spokespeople if we we can't even like get them like sat? We can't even de-radicalize them. Well, in how terms of work? in terms, listen. In terms of that, I fall me personally. I fall more towards Ralph Goodale's position on that than the comments that were made by by uh, the prime minister. Uh, and I think Ralph Goodale's position, in terms of you know, from my perspective, is what the government's position should be. And I have to trust that the prime, that the prime minister is letting his minister uh, deal with this. Do they have any lifting? Yes. Well, for sure. As we've seen so often before. Okay, guys, I've got to go to a hard break right now. So we're going to take a quick break there. It is 828. And when we come back, should Canada open its borders? We just talked about that in the segment before. We'll talk about that coming up. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, eight thirty-two here on uh, On Point here, uh, Counterpoint now, and we've got Jenny Byrne and Vincent Gasparo joining us. Let's talk a little bit about this push for a plan. Should Canada open its borders and allow free movement between Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK? It's called Kanzuk for those who have not heard of it, and a petition has now got two hundred and ten thousand signatures. Does this become an election issue, Jenny? Uh, I I think it's an intrigue. I think it's a I think it is an issue. I think that uh, you know uh, the conservatives support it. My good friend Aaron O'Toole uh, uh, campaigned on it in the leadership race. His campaign tells me it was one of the most popular uh, issues that he pushed in terms of membership and feedback uh, on social media. That being said, I'm not sure 
what appetite. I don't think it gets bipartisan support, though. Uh, no, I don't think it does. I think that there's there's issues. I think that uh, you look, these are four of the five Five Eyes countries, of mm-hmm. course, uh, the U.S. is is a bit different. They're Anglo, but, you know, not Commonwealth. Uh, so I think that this is an interesting conversation. I don't see it. I, I don't see it actually like being anywhere close to being considered by any of the countries seriously. Unless TPP falls apart and we don't get a deal with, I guess, the, the UK fallout uh, after falling out of, of Brexit. Does that open the conversation? Well, I, I think what you're seeing now in a lot of different countries is that they are, and you're going to see more of these public policy discussions, I think, um, as uh, some parts of the world, in particular the United States and Donald Trump, become more protectionist. And I think Canada is going to have to start thinking about um, partnering with other like-minded countries uh, to try to improve economic opportunity for its citizens, uh, access to markets for uh, our goods and services, uh, etc. Canada needs uh, immigration. This might be another way to increase immigration between the countries. But it has to be like-minded countries. For for sure. And I I, I think you're seeing that in certain instances. So when you go to the UK now, for example, you can get uh, Mm -hmm. pre-clearance as a Canadian traveling to the UK, also uh, into Australia and New Zealand. So there are steps being uh, taken in terms of the popularity of it. And I'm glad Jenny mentioned Aaron O'Toole. What place did Aaron O'Toole finish in in the Conservative leadership? Uh, Fourth. Third? I thought he was third. Third, third. He was third. So, so he came third. And, um, and well, well, I'm not saying that the leadership was was one on Kanzak. It was actually campaigned. It seemed on milk from my <laughs> from what what I watched. Well, it, listen, I, I don't want to comment on you know obviously on the conservative leadership. I'm just curious, you know, it, like where that came into where that came. <laughs> well, into, I think that I think no, my my <laughs> point was my point was saying there was su- support among this. The, the other point is is this is a completely this government is very political and everything they do is looked at a political lens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, there there's also talk about uh, uh, Quebec because of the. Anglo nature of 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 this alliance of this trade union not being very comfortable with it, and I think that uh, you see a liberal government who's more and more uh, trying to uh, rebuild the the fortress that was the, uh, w- that the Liberal Party had in the '90s and early 2000s under John Cretchen and and your buddy Paul Martin. Uh, I think they are going to be loath to do something that that could cause a potential uh, issue that that doesn't have widespread support across the rest of the country. Th- this government has actually been. And, I, and I've said it before, uh, a lot of the public policy is evidence-based. And uh, that's, unlike, that's, 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 unlike... That's ridiculous. Uh, uh, you, unlike, you can't even unlike, say that, Vince, uh, with unlike, a straight face. Uh, unlike, that is unlike ridiculous. Harper, He's like the cat that ate the your, canary, just buddy, a big grin. And your buddy and your government, <laughs> it's, where, where everything was done with a partisan that, slant. That is, so I, I, so that I find is absolutely rich. ridiculous. Okay. I find Hold on a second. That, They're I all partisan. Oh, my goodness. Stephen Harper's deputy chief of staff would be criticizing me and this government for... Uh, for public policy that might be quote unquote partisan in nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk pot, shall we? Um, yeah, pot is becoming legal by July, and uh, now landlords in Ontario are calling out to the premier, saying uh, not calling her literally, but to asking that they want pot smokers banned from passing the duchy in rental units. <laughs> but where on earth are these people supposed to smoke if you can't smoke out so if outdoors? Where do you go? Well, th- there's lounges. That, no, there's that, not. Well, not yet. No, there's not. Well, Where do you go smoke it, it, pot? Is, is it okay if I can finish, Alice? Yes, but you can't give that answer because it doesn't exist. 
Yeah. Well, the government is going through the government's going through a process now to see do where lounges do what. Yeah, well, you, you go yeah. through a process to, again to calculate evidence to get evidence to to make a, a, a decision. I know conservatives aren't used oh, no. to that. Like I'm no. against pot. Come on. No, I mean, I, listen, I have no problem with pot. I know you don't, but but you're talking about where do people smoke? Same thing with a cigarette and and cigars and other other tobacco based products. Right. No, but this if, is listen. Residential units yeah. where people live are the last legal place where people can smoke, whether it's yeah. whether it's tobacco or or marijuana. I know that the province is reviewing laws regarding landlord and 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 tenant agreements as to whether landlords can. Uh, evict people based on whether they they smoke in units or not. But as it stands now, uh, I just can't see how they can get away with it. I I don't see any way that they're going to be able to get away with it. When there you, would literally be a charter challenge. Yes, ab, ab, I'm, not, I'm not even absolutely. Kidding. And you know, there's uh, condominium lawyers in Toronto that are saying it's only a matter of time before you know human rights tribunal rulings say that like basically nicotine addiction is is a human right. And and also, what are what about people that have uh, that are smoking? Uh, marijuana in terms of medical marijuana are you yeah. going to say they're unable to when they actually have a prescription so there is there is no well, way medical, medical marijuana is still active now right and there's still rules in place and yes. and a landlord and tenant have uh, the ability to make an agreement around some but, of but these, there is no ability matters. for a landlord to actually evict someone based on, on yeah the ontario on, laws on, are on, very uh, pro renter but yeah. let me ask you this then if we're making lounges because we just took vaping away um, or in the process of it, then if you make pot lounges, aren't you going to have the cigarette companies and the cigar companies and the vaping 100%. companies no, yes. freaking I, out I, and saying... I, I, I agree with you uh, 100%, Alex. I, I, I actually think once you open up lounges for for that why why can't yeah. we go back to having times where if maybe not having smoking section at a restaurant nobody wants that but if you can have lounges for cigars and and smoking generally kind of have to i just don't see I, how you I can have like, one I, and not the other i agree which would have made edibles the smarter way to go seriously because you get no smell it's not as a uh, uh stinky as a smoke and, and it's safer so uh what edibles do you have alex on me? None. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But I'm saying they didn't even give you any options. But so there, there that are would have been the people, more healthy and choice. People will have a choice between between uh, smoking and 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 edibles. edibles. When they've only given smoking the go. But edibles will eventually, like oils and edibles, are eventually going to going yeah. to come on the market. I so agree. people can people yeah. can can choose. But uh, to my my concern is, you know. Um, uh, you know, landlords may have a have a certain thought on this, but I, I don't see them having any legal footing uh, in terms of this issue. Yeah, and it's one of those unintended consequences of legalizing marijuana. Is I don't think anyone thought, okay, how does this change now? Because if I'm in a if I'm in a rental and and pot's legal and I'm allowed to smoke in my rental, I'm going to smoke cigarettes and I'm going to smoke a cigar and a pipe and yep. well, not well, me personally, and, and, but I'm just saying. And it from kind an of economic changes, from yeah. an economic perspective, uh, I think I saw one uh, stat. That said, it costs a landlord between five and six thousand dollars to uh, stink. Yeah, to, to to get rid of the the uh, the odor from uh, from marijuana. Yeah. So it, it it's it's going to be another cost that that a landlord's going to have to bear. It's it's not it's not or great. a business for someone to go in. Well, either way, I think these are the conversations we're going to be having as we kind of make up this policy on the fly. It's coming very quickly, and I think a lot of people are saying the infrastructure's not there yet. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Vincent Gasparo and Jenny Byrne joining us Thank here you. on point here on Global News Radio.